Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Greetings. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. It is Tuesday. I'll tell you what. Having President's Day off for the first time since I've been working here was weird. It was weird, but uh, it's a new, uh, this was a, was a corporate thing, uh, changing up the uh, holidays. And and so, you know, who's going to complain about a day off? My big concern for this whole thing all day Sunday was that I was going to come to work Monday out of habit. That was always my concern was that I would just wake up, head over to work, get here, and uh, we wouldn't be doing a show. Uh, I, I, I gave myself about a 40% chance of doing that when I went to bed. Uh, but I, I didn't. I remembered I had the day off, and then I took a weird day off, and I had it. But uh, that's all over now. It's Tuesday, and uh, the rest of the new week is here this February 20th. 24 we are starting out your morning at 26 degrees and yo i didn't look at the high temperature apparently yesterday for today because we're flirting with 70 for the next two days ladies and gentlemen and the uh continued payback for the two weeks of winter dystopia that we had just continues Throughout the course of the beginning of this week, I mean, really the whole week, 68, 67, 56, 58, 63, according to the National Weather Service, that gets us through Saturday, uh, 66, Sunday, and then Monday, 72, a week from to, a week from yesterday. Yikes. I mean, yikes in a good way. Wow. Well, one downside to it. What's it? It's going to be breezy. Breezy. So breezy. there is a high fire rain or fire danger. Okay. I don't want fires. So I just I'd like to clarify that. There. I want the nice temperature. I don't want on Sunday during the day after church went outside and uh just kind of sat on my back porch and the way that there was no wind Sunday morning, the way that the angle of the sun and like the back porch, my my phone said it was forty four degrees. I legit could not believe it was forty four. It felt warm back there like like i would have guessed if you had asked me without seeing the temperature that it was like something more like 60 65 out there yesterday which is what it's actually going to be today during during the course of the day so yeah it continues i'm starting to hear people mark talk about like trees that are getting buds on them super early like flowers that are coming up that do not normally come up this year and i saw several robins over the weekend robin i uh my dog chased some at the dog park this weekend that he saw so i think nature's starting to think spring is here too and it very well may be it very well may be because uh, we continued to have the extended forecast even through another week be well, well, well over regular, uh, over average here. So we'll see what March gives us here at this point. But the very, you know, particularly cold temperatures start to get pretty unlikely during the month of March. I mean, if you're in the 30s, that's about that's about where you uh, kind of usually bottom out if it's pretty cold. So. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy, but let's enjoy another another week of uh, good weather as we've got it in front of us once again. Uh, today is the day, guys. Uh, sorry to make you wait an extra day for it, but 
it got us time to make sure we had everything put together. We had all the restaurant names spelled correctly. We had the bracket looking nice and spiffy. And today at 710, we officially unveil for the first time the bracket for Munch Madness 15. I uh, got it in my hands right now. Not going to tell I you. I should not have handed you that piece of paper. I well, I thought I thought it would be kind of a nice drama here for people to hear that it is it does exist. I'm it's looking a at it right now. Physical copy in our hand. We have a I physical cards. Physical <laughs> copy and after Friday a long but fun and exciting day on Friday of uh of taking your suggestions on who should be in the bracket, we have put together a bracket with uh a lot of new blood in it. A lot of restaurants that weren't in it last year, some that have never been in a Munch Madness bracket before. We got some of the regulars. Some of the regulars aren't there as well. So we'll go through that entire bracket coming up Tuesday at 7, or Tuesday, which is today, at 710. <laughs> coming uh, up Tuesday. This taking Monday off is going to throw me off for a long time. Uh, but uh, we're going we're gonna to give Joe Jordan a day off today. Uh, and we are going to use that normal Joe Jordan spot to go through here and run down the entirety of the brackets. They have been seated. I uh, worked very carefully on the seating. One of the things that is getting easier with the seating now is Caleb has maintained a database, basically, for the years since we changed the format and went to 64. He has maintained a detailed database of every restaurant uh, how they've been, how many times they've been in, and how they fared in the times that they were mm-hmm. in. So, restaurants' resumes and previous March Madnesses factored in pretty significantly into the into the seating, among some other things. Right there, there's always there's a little bit of Jack Mitchell feel that comes into it. Yes, but over the last couple of years, that has been able to be mixed and combined with some scientific data of past performance that we're able to visually see not go oh did i remember they did well maybe they didn't we have the hard data to throw in with the the seating process it's a so he's not going to just pull it out of his ear correct i did not i did not i i used some of them he did no i used the data that (laughs) caleb gave me and then i would say the other factor that's that's gone goes into it is like the power quotient which is kind of a longevity goes into that name recognition goes into that um you know i think a place that is just kind of more well known wow the how, end zone a one seed how busy Jeez. i did not make my exemption a one seed <laughs> i did not make my exemption a one seed i don't even know no they're not they're a 12 seed i'll tell you that right now they're they made Ooh, the, they're 12 just seed. giving so, away the yep. info that's one little that's just a taster that is just a so, taster. So, so. at seven ten, does the uh, bracket get posted online as well? We're gonna pa- post it yes. at. Uh, are we gonna post it right then, or are we gonna post it at nine? I thought it was at nine. Actually, I think we're gonna, yeah. it'll be up online at nine. Right. So it'll be yes. up fully. Right. It's time. We already set the timer for it, so it'll start at nine. But I'll I mention have it. Request for it. Okay, we'll get it up at nine. Uh, be listening at seven ten. If you want, you're more than welcome to listen at seven ten. With your pen and pad, like I used to do when they announced the NCAA tournament. When we had a blank bracket in yep, front of when us. When I used to do the NCAA tournament, you were more than welcome to do that. Otherwise, <laughs> you'll have to wait until 9. I'll try and mention it more than... We'll probably mention it throughout the course of the show. Um, and you can uh, be aware of it. So if you've got... You'll, you'll hear every matchup coming up then. And uh, I, I need to make sure I, un- I uh, have the calendar right, Caleb. 
Voting is going to start, is it uh, in about two weeks? Is that right? Would it be March 4th? Uh, a week, a week, uh, almost two weeks from oh, today. Oh, man, I need to go. Okay, look I at, need to look through my Get emails. that up. Uh, suffice it to say, without giving you the exact date, we're, we're giving you uh, a week a week or two, I think closer to two weeks, to go out and try the places that you haven't been to yet. If there are ways you, you know, you're seeing this first one and you don't know how to vote, uh, we want you to go out and check these places out before we actually start voting and people get knocked out of this whole thing. So everybody can kind of enjoy the fun here for this period between the actual selection and when the voting begins a little bit down the road. So it's go out to eat time. Go check out the Munch Madness place you haven't been before or one you've been before uh, if you if you like to as well. So that should be uh, should be a lot of fun. And then soon enough, we will jump into that voting. And every day for an entire month, we will have voting throughout the day at KLIN.com. And we will have results every morning on LNK Today with Jack and Friends with Caleb's Sportscast. So that is going to be the plan going forward. Uh, all right, real quick, let's... Make sure we get into at least some of the headlines this morning. It's not just Munch Madness, although... Uh, not everybody's having a good morning. Th- that's what... Uh, who specifically are yeah. you referring to, Mark? At least two drivers, 27th and Nebraska Parkway, injury accident about 10 minutes ago. Okay. Bad spot, always, 27th Nebraska Parkway. So, and of course, the traffic cam is offline there, so we can't take a look at it. Okay. So, All right. You might want to be, uh, be aware of that if you're travels take you that way this morning um my headlines this morning um i had a bunch more of these where did i post these i must have pasted these in the wrong place um a couple of things i see the uh, lincoln airport is kind of uh going on the going on the offensive now journal star had a story about this pat sangiamino um talked about putting together a uh, basically, a, a community commission called the Air Service Advisory Council, uh, 10 hand-selected members of the community that are going to be um, helping with the airport in basically essentially trying to do things to, to bring more service to, to Lincoln. Yep. And Rachel Barth is going to head that effort up. She's yes. And the communications director. She gets a little bump. She's very uh, familiar with. KLIN in the studio there. Yep. Regular guest on Grow Lincoln, but we also talk with her a lot. Uh, she was uh, received a national award recently uh, from the airport associations as one of the top 40 communications people in the country. Right. Yes. So she, so she's kind of going to, like you said, head this thing up, actually getting a new position, director of air service development and strategic market marketing. It was, it had been kind of communications position with the community. Now it, it, in addition to that, it is working with airports really all aimed at bringing a new carrier, new carrier, new flights to town um, after the loss of, the flight, well, obviously the Redway thing, and then the uh, and then the flight to Houston was was the new item on that. So that is uh, that's uh, kind of some some news about the airport going on the offensive here. Uh, yesterday we learned about a lawsuit filed by a former Nebraska basketball player, Ashley Scoggin. I'm sure Caleb is going to have a little bit mm-hmm. on this on on sports today against uh, the university, specific members of the University of Nebraska, including Amy Williams and Trev Alberts. This was filed in federal court, and it alleges essentially that they 
uh, shirked their duty either under, under the Constitution as state actors or under Title IX in the way that they handled what was essentially a, a, a uh, an affair between another assistant coach, Chuck Love, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the player uh, at the time. And the way that it was handled, kind of the aftermath of it, the way that it was or eventually was not investigated under Title IX, there's a entire statement of facts that's laid out in her complaint that I've read through that is, it's something. There's it's, a lot there. There's a lot there. We'll, we'll maybe have some, some time to talk about it. The university, for its part, Caleb, I know you had a, a quote from the university where uh, they essentially said, look, you know, we... We uh, dispute the at least some of the allegations. What is well? You have it in front of you. Yeah. Uh, so the univer- So here's the exact quote that we were we were given from the university. It says, "Quote: The university was made aware of the lawsuit this morning. That being yesterday. While the university does not comment on the specifics of pending litigation, it does not agree with the allegations contained in the complaint and intends to vigorously defend this matter." Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, we got, we got a little bit to talk about with, with that and, uh, what, what the impacts of that could be. Of course, it probably isn't something that's going to be immediate. I know there was a little bit of a buzz yesterday because there was a regents meeting, an unscheduled regents meeting, um, that happened. Uh, but if you actually looked at the, um, some an agenda that was posted ahead of time mm-hmm. that had to do with the presidential search, which Mark, that might mean we're going to be hearing something pretty soon. Good, very well. Uh, when it comes to to the president of the University of Nebraska system, if the regents were meeting about that yesterday, uh, no confirmation that this had anything to do with the lawsuit. And you know, I don't, I'm not quite sure what the regents would have to do at this point, especially right? on a holiday. Yeah, I don't I don't quite know. Yeah, that I'm not I'm not sure what they would even be doing just when a lawsuit was received. There's a <laughs> lot more things before regents are going to probably take action on yeah. something like that. So, my guess is that primarily if not all had to do with whatever's happening. And so that's another story altogether is that you could have a I think you're probably and the timeline would suggest that too, Mark, that you're probably on the verge of getting some answers and, uh, about or, that. or naming of finalists. Yeah, that could be too. Yep, getting uh, getting some answers at least at who's who's being looked at. So, uh, some other things that I want to want to get into today, if we've got a chance to. Uh, there's a this debate has gone on for a bit, but it's starting to ramp up again. Some more. Should Woods Park have more tennis courts or green? Leave the green or space. leave the green space as is. There is there is a demand uh, for additional tennis courts. So there's been talk about expanding the tennis facility at Woods. Uh, there are some in the neighborhood who say, wait, we want our green space is getting eaten up by tennis courts, so we would like it to stay as it is. It's actually a little like protest walk that's planned with this as well. So this is a fascinating discussion. Uh, and the other thing I want to touch on at some point today, Mark, I don't know if you saw this. The examiner had some uh, information on some polling on yep. the potential of medical cannabis getting to the ballot. Yes, very interesting. We, we, we've talked many times where we've said, well, we've, we feel like we've heard from people who seem to be in the know that think it would do well on the ballot. The polling seems to confirm that. Yeah. The, the polling <laughs> seems to confirm that. So, uh, But who knows? A poll is a poll. And, of course, isn't always the gospel truth. So, And, and a couple of open houses of interest uh, tomorrow and Thursday on the transfer of the uh, bus uh, transfer station downtown. Oh, yeah. They, they want to move it. 
to the south, a couple of blocks. We got kind of a, a, an issue there because it's right across the street from last year's Munch Madness. And some other yet. businesses. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're not happy about about that whole thing. So, and an, active, and an active shooter hoax Saturday night. Okay. At the mall. I didn't even know about this. Yep. All right. You'll have to tell us more about that coming up here in the morning drive. All right. That's what we got going on today at 625. A lot to talk about today, including... The Much Madness Reveal coming up at 710. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Oh, I'm so excited about the Munch Madness Reveal. I've already got part of mine filled out. Oh, I haven't even... Tr- I'm ready to go. I don't want to write on this. It looks so nice and pristine. I don't even want to... I'll print really you another copy. It. No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> this is mine. I will, I will go through and make... We'll, 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 uh, we'll probably do need to talk about that, so maybe I'll do that here while we, while we have a break. I think that's we... another segment where we go through and we announce our picks. Okay. Today's just the reveal. Uh, by the way, Kenny is going to ask us at the end of the show today what we're doing for Request Line Friday this week. Oh, so I'm just God. warning you, and I don't, I don't have. Uh, were there any in the uh, suggestion pile that we had that we had not that we had wanted to get to that we hadn't? Do you recall? If you don't recall off the top of your head, it's totally fine um, because I don't either. So I don't, I don't know for sure exactly what that. Um, what that'll be, but we probably will figure it out here before the show. If nothing else, we could go a we could go a general. But I gotta be honest, man, Caleb, the themes have been where it's at lately. I like the themes. The themes. I like people finding one with the themes. I oh, one of the themes that I remembered was uh, was they don't say the title of the song in any of the lyrics. They don't say the title of the song in any of the lyrics. That one okay. that one I remember sounding okay. really fun. The the the, uh, the other one that we did, I think this Saturday or this Friday on the equivalent year, uh that people seem to like. I don't know if people want to bring it back again, but we did since it was the Munch Madness bracket was out, we did uh food related songs. Oh, food songs. We did that last year, yeah, didn't we? You remember that? I could, I'd have to look it up. To yeah, see. we did. Okay, I thought you maybe would remember. Wow, you forgot. Remember yeah, somebody? Forgot. Some, somebody used it as an excuse to pick that popcorn song that they always do. Remember? Uh, I'm nobody- we actually did open the week after the. Okay, might have been. Late. It might have been. Maybe it, it was the week we did the championship. It was the. It was the. No, no, it was the week before the bracket started that we did food related oh, songs and artists. To kind of prime the pump. I don't know. Text us what you guys think. You did you like that one? You want to do that one again? Uh, do you have another idea for a a genre? Because we're just the genres are have been more fun than than the the open ones are good. They're fine too. They're fine too. We just kind of have a lot of we have a lot more participation when we pick a, a genre no matter matter what it is. Now we do have girls and state boys basketball coming up. Do we also want to go back to the well with pet band songs again sometime? In oh, the next, we, we'll get to that. You you want to stay with that? Oh, okay. we will get to that. I didn't know if people get. You have to tell us on the text line what you think. Like, I don't know if you get tired of re- bringing these up, even though it's just once a year, and doing them over again, or if you actually if you actually like that. So let us know what you think. It's you know it's your segment, um, so we'll 
but you seem like you are, you have a strong position on that already. I really like so. doing the pet band songs the week of boys' state basketball because then I've gotten to hear gotten a lot hear. of them right. through girls' state basketball to remind me to help me right. out with my request. Well, if people like that one, we'll, we'll tentatively pencil that in for the weekend of, of uh, boys' state basketball. But I don't know. Let, me, let, let us know what you think. Do you want to do the food one again? Do we like that? Do we want to try something we haven't done before? Do you have a brand new idea that we haven't done? Uh, for themes, we use somebody's theme that they sent in a few weeks ago uh, on this. So those are always that's always uh, great to get some some new heads in the mix for that. And the other thing we should mention, we'll, we'll mention this again here when we announce the bracket. But uh, Caleb did confirm the date that voting will begin for Munch Madness is March sixth. So that would be two weeks from tomorrow. So we are giving you two full weeks to get out and explore mm-hmm. these restaurants. Two full weeks, including two two complete weekends, and that's just before the out. voting starts. That's just before the voting starts. But no one, no restaurant, every restaurant will get the glory at being in this bracket for for the at least for two weeks. That gives people you know time to find out about it. Restaurants understand it. Us for to us for to, uh, time for us to explain it. All of those things. But you know what today is, Caleb. Today, when we release this, it'll eventually go up online after the show is over. Today is the day that all of the people who don't know what Munch Madness is <laughs> <laughs> decide to tell us what what terrible, terrible, terrible restaurant bracket makers were. How could you leave them How out? How could you do it? What a garbage. What a gar- do, Have these people ever even been out to eat in Lincoln, Nebraska? This is what's going to be on our social media later today. So, by the way, if you're well, if you want to like, uh, if you want to defend defend our honor on social media if you see that go for it we'd love it thank you we appreciate you working on our behalf i have pledged to myself this year not to get involved in the online argumentation and i def- can't wait to see how quickly that falls apart <laughs> because i have spent it is it is deleted days from my life in previous <laughs> years where i'm defending the honor of much madness in the bracket that uh that we have created so all right, what shall we talk about today? Caleb, guys, we have arrived. It is South Carolina primary week. Ooh. Hey! We finally made it. That actually was kind of a long time in between primary. Now, it's not until one of these states that does it on a Saturday, right? So it's not until Saturday that they're going to uh, vote, and probably a good chance this is Nikki Haley's last stand, I would say. Like, if you lose your home state by a lot, which, you know, I don't know, maybe she won't, but if you lose your home state by a lot, it's going to be really tough to make the case mm-hmm. going forward to donors to keep the money coming in to uh, to do that whole thing. So, anyway, a little preview of the week that is uh, coming up here with South Carolina Primary Week. Her campaign is calling it a state of the race address and will take place at noon at the Clemson University at Greenville 1 Fifth Floor Auditorium. Former President Trump is also expected to be in the state today and continues to lead Haley in the polls by a wide margin. Over the weekend at a Fox Town Hall, Haley would not say if she would support Donald Trump if he wins the GOP primary. Meanwhile, Haley's backers are pouring money into states that hold early March nominating contests in a bid to keep her candidacy alive. Ted Lindner, Fox News. That's interesting. She's still going with the I'm not not going to say if I'm supporting him or not. Like she's got her rhetoric is way increased on the offensive against Donald Trump with some of the things she said. So I'm a little surprised that she's still saying, hey, I'm not I'm just not going to say which way we're going. That indicates to me that 
which probably will still end up, after all this is said and done, still end up voting for him or at least mm-hmm. publicly supporting him after this was all over. But we'll see. Maybe she can pull off some kind of a surprise or keep it closer than expected in South South Carolina, and that might keep it going. So. Yeah, I'm wondering what that number is that she's looking for of saying, okay, yes, we'll stay in or... All right. Well, we at least got to my home state, and, yep. and now we'll now we'll dip out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to. My computer isn't working at all, so I can't can't tell you what I was about to to look for. But uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that will be uh, on Saturday. So there you go. If you're uh, into watching presidential politics, you can follow the returns there. I'll hopefully be out somewhere in the sunshine on Saturday <laughs> in Lincoln. Uh, this seems this seems significant in the financial services industry. A major merger announced this morning, and it could mean a couple of cards in your wallet are actually merging oh. together. Capital One and Discover are uh, are merging together. Uh, what does that mean exactly? Well, let's find out a little bit more about that. Capital One announced Monday that it is acquiring Discover in an all-stock deal worth $35.3 billion. Ooh. Discover shareholders will get just over one share of Capital One stock for each Discover share they already own. Capital One shareholders will own about 60% of the combined company and Discover shareholders the remaining 40%. The transaction is expected to close either late this year or early in 2025, depending on regulatory and shareholder approval. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Is one of those the what's in your wallet? Uh, It's Capital One. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Which The the amount that they must pay for advertising, because they get, I mean... They got Jennifer Garner mm-hmm. doing. I mean, they got tons of people. Samuel L. Jackson doing it. Tons of big names uh, who do commercials for them. But so Capital One, like I have a, I have a Capital One credit card, for better or worse. I have a Capital One <laughs> credit card, but it's a Visa card, right? It's a, it's Capital One, but it's a Visa card exactly. Um, Capital One already uses the Visa and Mastercard network. So they are also going to keep the Discover brand in addition to this. So obviously that'll add a lot of this. Just like like uh, was said there in the clip, Discover shareholders are going to get uh, just over one Capital One share for each Discover share on this whole thing. And it would increase Capital One's credit card offerings and deposit base as well. So uh, the company had also bought Digital Concierge Service Velocity Black, a premium credit card and luxury market platform in June of last year here at uh, uh, that was part of their acquisitions portfolio as well. So this is you, this is common when Discover had new kind of pressure going on, new regulatory scrutiny, new leadership. Uh, the new CEO just came on board, what, a couple of months ago. With this as well, mm-hmm. their shares had been had been down a bit. So this has been something that's been in consideration here for a little while. Uh, with that as well, I have never had a Discover card. I've never had a Discover. The I thing I remember that. about people having Discover cards, I don't know if it's so much currently. Maybe it still is, but but the Discover always went hard marketing the cash back thing, mm-hmm. like one percent cash back or something on all your on all your purchases and that was why I remember I had a friend in college who had that he's like it's great 1% cash back every single time and I was like okay I see so 
Anyway, uh, moving on. This is this is interesting. Uh, have you ever wanted to venture into the Arctic? Probably not. Probably not. But the or maybe you do. I mean, like maybe I mean, you're really into I mean, nature I'm, and you're curious to see it. I'm curious. Listen, I guess this is but some, it's not a. When we list our, all right, what are your top five vacation destinations, that's not close to being in the conversation. Well, they are finding that one of the effects of taking veterans into the Arctic, I I can't quite explain this. You'll have to listen to the clip. One of the, the effects of having veterans go into the Arctic is it has a surprisingly positive impact on those who are uh, experiencing PTSD issues okay. after going into the Arctic. So they're calling it the Arctic Cure. What is going on here exactly? Operation Arctic Cure finds war reporter Bob Woodruff leading an expedition into the Arctic with veterans to test a cure for post-traumatic stress and depression. As they trek across one of the world's most dramatic and pristine wildernesses, researchers monitor changes to their physical and emotional well-being to see if the experience of awe and wonder in nature could be the medicine they've been looking for. It premieres on National Geographic. It will then be available to stream on Hulu and Disney Plus the next day. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Sounds interesting, actually. I think, and I don't know if that... I know they're talking about it being the Arctic cure, but I don't know if it's specific to the Arctic, but whether it's somebody who's yeah. who who's suffered any trauma in the past. It, is it, it about it, it being the Arctic or is it about the act of seeing nature that's undisturbed it, or to, what is to it? To me it's got to be that you are you are outdoors, you're away from technology mm. and you're being active. Like like there there are multiple things that go into that because what is it if anyone's ever done therapy, what are the things that are supposed to help you out mentally? It's being active and it's being outside mm-hmm. and putting, like, getting the phone down, getting off of social yeah. media. So they're hammering so many off of that list. And obviously, if you're in the Arctic, you're a long way away and, from, and from maybe, civilization. And maybe there's something about doing something on a team or almost a mission mm-hmm. that is not, that is so far removed from the. You know the things that trigger PTSD, perhaps. Yeah. Well, that, that, and that, that would be another on a it. on a uh, on a checklist. Giving yourself tasks, yeah, specific tasks. Sometimes they're menial around the house. Sometimes it's going to the Arctic. I don't know. It's fascinating. Uh, I would choose to explore the beaches of Hawaii uh, if you are looking for me to be in a mental <laughs> better mental state as the guy who was just whining at no end because I had shorts on and it was twenty six degrees out this morning and it was too cold for me. The first thing you said to me this morning was. Code, I'm code. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with everyone. Hey, we got a. Uh, it's not in Lincoln. It won't be happening in Lincoln, so we don't get to do this again. But you, uh, there's another uh, solar eclipse coming up. You you notice this? Yeah. And is it isn't there like a place in Kentucky or Missouri that's going to be in the exact path again? Oh, that was uh, last time. I did not know that. That's so so like, there's this perfect spot where. That eclipse from a few years ago and this one cross and it's right there in the middle of the United States. So it's on April 8th uh, of this year. So we got a few weeks till it happened. But of course, you remember how big a deal that was when it when it did come mm-hmm. through, come through Lincoln. That was really, really cool. I'm looking at the main like the main line on this. It looks like it's going to go through uh, like Waco, Texas is going to be 
kind of right in in the middle of it, pretty near Little Rock, Arkansas, um, and then going up into like Cape Girardeau as well, uh, Indianapolis, r- almost right in the center of the entire path, Cleveland, almost right in the center of the entire path. So you're going to see all these cities experiencing this thing. And then like Buffalo, New York, Rochester, New York as well. So that's that's the path that it is uh, going to be going through in addition to some areas of uh, of New England. Uh, we, we, we totally remember, I mean, I do at least, remember experiencing that before. Uh, but Delta is saying, okay, well, how about you experience, Delta the airline is saying, would you like to experience the eclipse in a completely different way from the air from oh okay from the air i don't like that does not well let's listen to this first and then i'll opine afterwards delta airlines is offering a special flight on april 8th from austin texas to detroit if you're on flight 1218 it will give passengers a premium view of the eclipse through the plane's extra-large windows. The only thing Delta asks for, other than payment for the ticket, is that you bring protective sunglasses. It's still not a good idea to view a total solar eclipse with a naked eye. If you can't get on the April 8th Austin flight, five other flights, one out of Detroit and two each from L.A. and Salt Lake City, will offer views on that day. By the way, the next total solar eclipse over North America, 2044. Whoa! Fox. That's really that's incredible. That it's we've only had seven years. I was living in Kearney at the time. We all went to the the football field at UNK, and they handed out glasses. And a lot of places have been handing out glasses. That was so much fun to to be a part of and and see. But now we're gonna have to wait another twenty years. And that one is looks like it's not even going. That's mainly going through Canada. Just just some. Small parts of Montana and Wyoming, uh, or excuse me, Montana and North Dakota are going to even see that one in 2044. So uh, good, good thing. Hopefully you took advantage of the chance that, that we got. Now, on a plane, is it that, Caleb, that sounds uh, not cool. Is <laughs> it? Like, the, the when you're on a plane, can you even tell? I mean, I guess the thought is that you see... The, like the thing that was incredible was standing outside at, outside the back of this building, and having you know having those glasses on and watch it slowly happen, and then the the complete and utter darkness that happened in a time when it was normally light, and just like walking around and looking around at how and a weird it was. There, there was yes. a, there was a stillness to it. Also, I think from the plane, because I had that experience on the ground, the thing that I would be looking for if I was to take this in visually from the air is that I want to. Well, obviously, you want to see the eclipse, so you're going to look at that. But I want to see what does it look like across the ground beneath me. Yeah, like what? What is? Are are there are there color changes that that I could see from the air that I couldn't see from the ground? Is am am I able to see how far into the horizon does it look different because of this eclipse? Those would right. be the things that that I'd be interested in. But there's so much that's visually appealing from the ground already. Yep. Yep. Uh, by the way, there will be other total solar eclipses. Those are just the ones visible in the United States. Yeah. So if you're dying to see one, I mean, yeah, you, you can travel. You could travel overseas, I suppose, and and see one as well. But that one's not much of the uh, of the United States on there. All right, we got to take a break at six fifty five. You are listening to LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN.
You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIF. All right, 658, we're just about 10 minutes away from the moment many people have been waiting for in the capital city through a long weekend. We will unveil for you the KLIN Munch Madness 15, 15 years of Munch Madness. We'll be unveiling the 64 restaurant bracket in the seatings and the matchups and it all. They'll be available online at the end of the show today. But if you want to grab your notebook, grab your pen and pad and write them down while we do it live, you can do that if you would like to. It's all brought to you by University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union, our title sponsor for Munch Madness, and always appreciate their support with that. And uh, going to have some fun with this. You're going to be surprised by some things. I told you that on Friday, though. I told you that on Friday. Can't wait to uh, let you know what it looks like. That's coming up soon. It is 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Get your pens and pads out, or you can just wait till 9 o'clock when we post this online. I have in my hands the Munch Madness Bracket. Uh, here's a little quick background. If you missed it on the show Friday, we took everyone who wanted to share their opinion on who should be in the bracket. We took it. We had hundreds. That's not that's not an exaggeration. Hundreds of phone calls, hundreds of texts, hundreds of Facebook messages, uh, and other means of. Uh, in other means of communication with us to nominate the restaurants people would want to see. This is reflective of what you all said on Friday in terms of who's in and who didn't make the field, okay? That's that's what it is. Other than our own exemptions, that's completely what this is. Yeah, it, it's what you talk about, the, the hundreds of texts and phone calls. and co- it, The response was bonkers on Friday, and we know that it's going to be nuts every year. It was at a new level on Friday. Yeah, it gets it, it it it's it's bigger and bigger. For those who have not ever gone through much madness with us, a quick primer. This is something that we've been doing for fifteen years. It's kind of format has um, had a metamorphosis over the years. It's always kind of been changing. We settled on uh, kind of a, a a regular routine and a regular format over the last. This will be the fourth year in a row. Uh, that we've done 64 restaurants, 64 local Lincoln area restaurants uh, per your nominations. Put them in a bracket, seat them. Starting two weeks from tomorrow, we will start voting on individual matchups each day at our website. And you can vote. Highest vote getter moves on. And then we have another set the next day and another set the next day, another set the next day. So we go all the way through to we crown a champion. Uh, in those three years, we've had two champions in the 64 team bracket. Two of them twice has been muchachos. Once has been norms on 48th, which had the big upset win two years ago. I'm going to give you seeds while I read these out. The seeds are, the seeds are, yes, somewhat subjective, but they are based on some data. They're based on data that Caleb has done a great job keeping of all of the results of every match of Munch Madness over the course of the 64-team format era. So what I did was I looked at past performance, and then I also infused 
some level of my own kind of historic knowledge mm-hmm. of link historic knowledge of other years of Munch Madness prior to that, and then also just kind of longevity, name recognition, right? Just kind of the the place within Lincoln these places have have. It doesn't mean to say something negative about some place that's new, but the fact of the matter is if you're doing a popularity contest, the one that's got more name recognition and has been around longer is going to have a little bit of a leg up in yeah. winning a popularity contest like that. That's it. That's all it means. Don't take too much from the seedings, meaning we think one place uh, uh, that we think a two seed is better than an eight seed. That's not true. We don't think. We're going based on who we think is likely to win based on these these results. So. And ultimately, the seeds help us uh, fill out the bracket and find all the matchups. Like yes. you said, Norm's won as a 16 two years ago. So why don't we start out? Um, uh, I guess first thing to start out is to tell people, Caleb, we've made a little bit of a change. Right. In, in the previous years, we've done uh, regional brackets where we've tried to kind of group each of the four corners of the bracket into four corners geographically of the city. I liked doing that for various reasons because I thought it um, kind of highlighted neighborhoods and places that, you know, it was easier for people to get to to like check out individual competitions. That was the upside of that. I still liked it. That said, we were finding we were getting a lot of the same matchups every year. And, and we were likely to continue getting And we that. were likely to continue doing that because there are some places that, you know, if you're doing northwest, northeast, southeast, southwest, there's some places that just have to go in the region, right, that matches along, along with the same the same restaurants. Mm-hmm. And you Havelock, you got a chunk of them. Downtown or Haymarket, you got a chunk of them uh, that are together. Or in the South Point area, you got a chunk of them that are together, right? In, in all these areas, it's kind of the same thing. There was something fun about having restaurant competing against a restaurant that's across the street from it. But we wanted some new matchups, essentially. So did a new way of doing this this year. I seeded all of the restaurants 1 to 64, Okay. 1 to 64 all the way down and then I did simply did basically matched up the top one versus the bottom one the right 2 versus mm-hmm. 63 3 versus 62 and so on all the way through It was a true serpentine true serpentine All right so let's start out with the one seeds this year the top seeds I don't think many of these well well I don't know many of these will surprise you uh the one seed the most obvious top overall the overall number 1 seed is Muchachos one, two out of three. Obviously. That's right. Yep. The second one seed is Norms on forty eighth. Uh, with they have a championship. Those are our two returning champions. Our third overall one seed is Penelope's Little Cafe. Penelope's Little Cafe. Caleb told me was a sixteen seed two years ago. Is that correct or a fifteen seed? Let uh, me you had, make sure. I... You had just told me that, uh, but that is based on incredibly good results throughout this bracket for multiple years. Yeah. So Penelope's the last four years has gone from a fifteen to a seven to a two to a one. So they're a one now because they keep winning. Yes. Uh, Laszlo's is a one because they've won a lot. Plus they got very good name recognition. So and Laszlo's, as a matter of fact, is the only restaurant now to have been a one seed every edition of the modern era. Okay. But still no championship. Still no Maybe championship. This is the year. By the way, so we had to name the regions this year, and we didn't want to do directions, and so we decided to use something to continue our nonstop food puns slash references with this whole thing. Final Fork, <laughs> Eat Eight, Champion, so forth. 
We have named each of the regions after a uh, cooking spice. Okay? <laughs> so the muchachos, number one seed, they are the number one seed in the Cayenne region. The Cayenne region. So here we go. You, this is the Cayenne region. I'm just going to go down in order of matchups on the bracket. Top left side, top to bottom. Top seed in the Cayenne region, muchachos, they will face Ibor. Ibor. This is the... Uh, this is the Cuban sandwich place yeah. that also rehabilitates, works well with rehabilitating people um, through work there. It's a really cool story as well. So that'll be the first round, first time ever in the uh, in the field for Ibor. Which, by the way, a note on that: there are seventeen first time establishments in the Munch Madness field of sixty four. There you go. Number uh, all right, second matchup right below that: Mister Huiz versus Daffodil. Uh, then below that, the five seed Bonwich Cafe against the twelve seed Canyon Joe's, the four seed Misty's Steakhouse versus the thirteen seed Mitiera, the six seed Yaya's versus the eleven seed Soulful Casina, the three seed Green Gateau against first time participant Perfect Diner, mm-hmm. the fourteen seed. The seven seed Cooks Cafe against the ten seed Cheesesteak Grill made some runs before has Cheesesteak Grill, and then the two seed Honest Abe's against first time participant first time participant Tanks Bar and Pizzeria. So that's a Cayenne region. Muchachos, you bore Mister Huiz, Daffodil, Bonwich, Canyon Joe's, Misty's, Mitiera, Yaya, Soulful, the Green Gateau, Perfect Diner, Cooks Cafe, Cheesesteak Grill, Honest Abe's, Tanks. All right, now to the bottom left of your bracket. Uh, this will be the basil, 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 basil. It's basil if we're on faulty towers. Basil is the uh, this is the basil region. This is the Penelope's region. Penelope's will take on Aragon Tavern. They still have that new restaurant smell at Aragon Tavern, and they got in as a 16 seed. This is uh, the place across from the lead center. But you just you got to just get in. Yep, and that's what they did. Yep. The eight is Sultan's Kite. They will take on the nine Super Taco. Great matchup. Uh, the five cell, five seed lead belly against the twelve seed never in the sixty four team bracket Da Vinci's. How about that, Caleb? Da Vinci's is the highest seeded of the first time participants, and I think rightfully so. But it, again, odd to not have had Da Vinci's in in any of the previous three editions of this. So welcome to the field, Da Vinci's lead belly. Uh, we'll take on Da Vinci's. The oven will take on Tipsy Tina's. That's four versus thirteen. Tipsy Tina's a first time participant. Mary Ellen's will take on Vic's Pizza. Couple of uh, restaurants that has, have had some success. Three Paisanos will take on first time participant White or Wheat. Seven Chopsticks will take on Blue Orchid. And two Heoya will take on Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa, which is a first time participant. So, bottom left side, Basil, uh, Regent, Penelope's, Aragon, Sultan's Kite, Super Taco, Lead Belly, Da Vinci's, The Oven, Tipsy Tina's, Mary Ellen, Vic's Pizza, Paisano's White or Wheat, Chopsticks, Blue Orchid, and Heoya. Pancho Villa. Now to the top right, the Oregano Division. The Oregano Division, this is the Norms Division. Norms on 48th takes on first-time participant and Maria's exemption, Anna's Papusas. Uh, the 8-9 in that region, Highway Diner versus Tico's. Ooh, that's some old school there. I like that That is one. an old school. I love that. See, that's a matchup you probably wouldn't get otherwise. Uh, the 5-12 is Fat Jack's Barbecue versus Endzone. Oh. And your my Enzo your is exemption. my exemption. Uh, Four thirteen is Engine House versus Me Mexico Lindo. 
The 611 is Virginia's versus A Taste of Louisiana. The 314 is La Paz versus Pita and Non. Call off the dogs, Pita and Non. You made it. Do you know how far into the weekend we still got text? You are in, Pita and Non. You're taking on La Paz. Focus your energy there now. Congratulations. 710 is Press Box versus Big Ten Restaurant. Ooh, Sports Bar Battle Royale. Right off the bat, I like 710. it. 710. The 215 is Tina's versus Traditions Pub, which is in Sprague. So uh, there you go. That's that, our one outside of city limits. Yes, in this that's year. it. That's it. Uh, so the matchups in the Oregano top right side: Norms versus Anna's Highway versus Ticos, Fat Jacks versus Enzone, Engine House versus Me Mexico Lindo, uh, Virginia versus Taste Louisiana, La Paz versus Pita and Non, the Press Box versus Big Red Restaurant, and Tina's Cafe versus Traditions. And then in the bottom right hand side. Uh, the top seed, as we said, this is the Paprika Division. Ooh, Paprika. Uh, or Paprika Region. Uh, the one seed is Laszlo's. The 16, Vernon Ellie's. First time participant, Vernon Ellie's. Uh, the 8 seed, the 8 9 matchup is El Toro versus Stoffers. Stoffers is Caleb's exemption. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Is that right? El Toro's had success multiple years. 5 12, Hacienda Real versus Pork's Done. Uh, Porks Dunn went on uh, went on a bit of a run last year, I think, during the uh, during last year's bracket. Uh, Four thirteen is Venue versus Mulberry Barbecue. Six eleven is Ramos Busters versus Lila Mays. Ooh, that's a good matchup. Three fourteen is HF Crave versus Els Kitchen. Els Kitchen was Chris Lofgren's exemption. They come in first time ever with a fourteen seed, and then the seven ten seed there is the Eatery versus Berea Boss. Uh, new versus old there. And then the 215, Isles Pub and Pizza versus Delco Daves. Delco Daves in for Delco the Delco Daves. So there you go. So, again, that Paprika division, Lazos versus Vernonelli's, El Toro versus Stoffers, Hacienda Real versus Porks Dunn, Venue versus Mulberry, Ramos Busters versus Lila Mays, HF Crave versus Els Kitchen, Eatery versus Berea Boss, Isles Pub and Pizza versus Delco Daves. And although the bracket won't go up until 9 o'clock, you can go to KLIN.com slash Munch Madness. If you click on Munch Madness History, you can see even the new the new teams, new establishments yep. into the field. Everyone's history is on there and their first round matchup. Real quick. So these would be the favorites by seed on each side. I'll just do the top four. Your Cayenne region, Muchachos, Honest Abe's, Green Gato Misties. Mm-hmm. The Basil region, Penelope's, Helia, uh, Paisano's, and The Oven. Oregano division, Norm's, Tina's, La Paz, Engine House. And the Paprika, Paprika region, Laszlo's, Isles, HF Crave, Venue. Now, top seeds don't always win, but I'm just saying. There's a lot those of strength are, there. Those are your favorites. This is going to be fun to break down before, Caleb. I haven't filled out a bracket yet. We'll do that. We'll talk about it here in the future. Who are our underdogs uh, in this whole thing? Who could be a first-time winner? It's going to be a lot of fun. That bracket will be up at KLIN.com at 9 o'clock. If you have any questions, you can text in uh, right now if you'd like to. 724 on KLIN. For traffic. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. Already getting some uh, reaction to the uh, to the bracket. Gryffindor Steph texts in and says, love the matchups. Thank you. We do, too. We do, too. 
I just went through and filled out my first gut reaction prediction bracket. Not my own opinions, but trying to forecast what's going to happen. If I, if what I'm predicting is right, things are going to get crazy and different this year. Good. If if what I I'm like predicting weird. is right, I have got a new first time champion. Uh, I've got multiple first time uh, Final Four restaurants. I love it. I love it. Get that thing. Get that thing out. Uh, Print it off as soon as you can. We'll be up at nine o'clock on yes. the uh, on the website. Is it true so. that you could? Possibly be influenced in your decision making with some samples. Uh, well, I, not, it's down. This is my official prediction. I've already finished it, so I can't be I can't be influenced on that anymore. Whiteout's a thing, depending on what gets I, brought by the listen, station. I am, I am excited. <laughs> I am excited to see it. Will it will not in it will not in any way impact the results of this? But we usually get to do get to try between going out and sometimes places bringing stuff in. Uh, we get to try a lot of these places, and there are a handful of them. Like Caleb said, what, 17, 18 new restaurants that have never been in the field? Brand 17 brand new ones. Brand new ones, several of which I've never been to. So check that out at KLIN.com, and, uh, or uh, we'll have the uh, the podcast up a little bit later if you want to listen to our analysis of the bracket. But right now it's time to count down the morning drive and the five things you're going to be talking about today. So let's get that started with... Number five. Former Nebraska women's basketball player Ashley Scoggin filed a lawsuit against UNL naming Amy Williams, Trev Alberts, and a former coach, assistant coach. So this was filed in federal court here in Lincoln. This week. It is essentially alleging that the defendants, either one or all of them, depending on the count, um, either violated constitutional rights as a state actor or violated Title IX protocol with their actions throughout this whole thing. I'm not going to... There would be a lot to detail if you went through the factual allegations mm-hmm. in this thing. and a, Like, a lot that is going to raise your eyebrows. A lot. Uh, but suffice it to say, she is uh, alleging that there was... Um, that uh, she had a... A consensual but in kind of an imbalance of power situation, uh, sexual relationship with an assistant coach, mm-hmm. uh, Chuck Love, who is no longer with with the team at this point. Um, but really, the the crux of the lawsuit is about the response to all of that, how it was when all it was handled, discovered. Yes. Which it was discovered according to the lawsuit by basically a sting operation. While the team was in a hotel getting ready to play against Penn State, mm-hmm. where some of the players on the team basically sent in someone to get a room key, who was a, a practice player, to go in there and try and catch them, essentially, right. is what she says. Yeah, and not necessarily the, the details of it, but a lot like that part, knowing that players or other, other folks on the team found her in found Scoggin in then-assistant coach Chuck Love's hotel room while they were on a road trip at Penn State the night before a game. That part was known, fairly known, before this lawsuit. Right. Now, the details on what led up to her being in that hotel room, exactly the reasoning for that, and then the operation, supposedly, allegedly, from players on the team or perhaps practice players to catch her 
being in that room. That part was just learned this week. Right. Uh, although it might have been floating out there. Some people said there were know, a lot but, of rumors out there. Yeah. Regardless, the focus is then what happened from from the legal perspective on what happened afterwards and how it was dealt with. She made allegations that essentially they had a team meeting the next day where the team team members were allowed to what she called interrogate mm-hmm. both she and love were directed by the head coach at the time this is an allegation this has not been proven this is the allegation that she is making if that's true it is a bizarre way to handle that situation oh very much so. incredibly bizarre and so there are all kinds of questions that would come up from that whole thing um her claim is also then that essentially she was dismissed from the team lost the benefits from a state university that's a state actor so Mm -hmm. it falls under the due process clause of the 14th amendment she's essentially saying she wasn't granted the due process she should have been in that situation she makes an equal protection claim as well within that and she makes a title nine claim as well which essentially says the title nine investigation was protocol wasn't followed in getting that investigation started giving her the opportunity to get that investigation started and then it was ended as soon as they were out the door mm-hmm. essentially she ended up not being a part of the team anymore chuck love was initially suspended with pay he then was no longer with the program um the whole thing and again it's hard this sounds always a little rough to say but when i look at a from just out of habit from being in a legal a legal mm-hmm. position i don't assume or not assume anything that's said in uh complaint like this and now is true right right you don't you can't right because the court doesn't mm-hmm. so i don't know but you can say if if some of the things she states are true there's some real questions i think there's some real appropriate questions about how this was handled after the fact mm-hmm. right after the fact because it was handled according to her allegations in a very bizarre way to me the immediate response from the university from the the basketball administration from all of that from the co- would be would be my thought is the first response would be what is this coach doing uh-huh right what are you th- when your first response would be what in the heck are you thinking doing this mm-hmm. uh and according to Scoggin's side of it that doesn't quite sound like how it went um right. it's so so it's a lawsuit uh university for its part has come out and said uh that they believe that uh, at least some of the allegations that They'll are be contained the in there that are yeah. untrue. They don't, they don't. So that's why I, I say what I do uh, on, on that whole thing. Don't expect anything to happen quickly on this. I know there were some rumors that essentially the regents were talking about this yesterday in that secret meeting. Well, the secret meeting was not secret, secret meeting, but the unplanned meeting, basically going into executive session, mm-hmm. was notice was given before this all happened and that was about it was listed as being about the president's search yeah i don't know why the regents would be meeting taking any sort of action on this right now after having just received this complaint no so no they, they, I, I can't even there's a lot that if they're talking about it out. i think they're probably just calling each other one-on-one i would think mm-hmm. on, on this whole thing there's no reason to take any official action on this right now well don't you so, think there'll be an, an internal investigation yeah. Or, yeah well and there has well, to, to some degree, there has been, but yes, yeah, that before, but yes, before you, the regents, before the regents, I mean, there's a lot to happen yet. Yeah, they got to answer the lawsuit at this point. You know, the lawyers have to have to get involved first. If there's some kind of a settlement or something like that, that perhaps 
this later and then and then kind of finding out I mean the regents probably need to be briefed on what you know what any investigation results that have happened or do happen you know what they say before they make any decisions going forward so that 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 uh, is is best I can do in a short period of time of just like getting you up to speed if you if you don't know what happened exactly she's she's seeking uh damages compensatory and punitive damages yeah uh, for this whole thing it's a civil suit it's not a criminal there's no criminal activity involved here mm-hmm. right these are these are by according to law these are consenting adults mm-hmm. and there isn't an allegation that it was something that was non-consensual although she did allege the power dynamics of the whole thing played in and made her think that this is you know something i can't make a big deal out of say no to make a big deal out of. right so. you can read more we, we've got a story posted yeah. at klan.com there's there's a bunch of links to help you get all the information if, if that's something you're interested hopefully that in. is a helpful explanation of, whoops hopefully that's a helpful explanation on this whole thing Number four. There was an open house uh, on the uh, proposed downtown convention center held uh, yesterday. And, of course, that talk uh, has gotten plenty of feedback from the community, but they heard it firsthand yesterday. Yeah. Um, so kind of the next thing, guys, is it sounds like the next thing is you're going to have to pick the, the location of location of where this is going to go. That's the next step in the timeline of this whole thing. And it'll be interesting to see. What happens with that? It still stands to reason to me that the post office makes a ton of sense, but Mark, how much red tape is that going to involve and make it possible or not? And if that's not able to be it, what's choice number two yeah, with with this whole thing? That, so, that's the, the big question, I think, yes. at this point. Yeah. Although I, I don't know whether that site is, is uh, how it's ranked, to be real honest. No, I don't know either. I, I don't know either, and I can't even remember... I don't have all of the all of the sites in in front of me, but they're scattered throughout downtown. And and when they when they've they been mentioned when this RFP uh, comes to fruition, uh, the proposals could even have a different site. Yes, yeah, we could. It could be something something that we hadn't heard before you know, at this point. But if we, if we could somehow make it work, uh, I'd suggest you know the southwest corner of Forty Fourth and O would be a great place. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you you make you know what you make that pitch, Mark. You I just did. You definitely <laughs> make that pitch, and we will we will see exactly how uh, <laughs> high high speed rail between down right, right down the middle of O Street from downtown. There you go. I love I love the idea. We'll see if that high speed rail that would be amazing. All right, so uh, there you go. All right, moving on. Number three. Kind of a bizarre thing. Uh, Saturday night, Lincoln police called to Ross Dress for Less at the mall. Report came in as an active shooter. Uh, they were able to determine the shooter or the caller was in the area, so they suspected a hoax. Turns out, they after they got a hold of the caller, it was a hoax, and they're in the who's cow. Jeez. So, okay. So, essentially, they get. They get this call. This is, a, I mean, this is kind of going on with all the kind of in the same genre as all these swatting things that we're yep. hearing about too. Absolutely, fake calls that are taking up public public safety resources to go do do this whole thing. And of course, we're coming off a week, Mark, where where again, you know, coming off that Chiefs Super Bowl parade. I think everybody is a little sensitive and and heightened to that whole thing. Um, but ended up being a hoax. Not a, here's the thing. I it. 
it feels like, I don't know, maybe I don't hear the follow-up stories, but whether it's the swatting or whether it's the hoax things or the fake bomb threats that you hear over the year, how many of these people are ever brought to justice for this, I this don't kind think very, of stuff? I don't think very many. Yeah, we uh, definitely don't hear about that part man, a lot. That, because that's what I like to see with people who do this, frankly, is to have them be some real consequence for them to really well, make it a, and, a deterrent for and, this. You know, maybe it's incumbent upon some state legislators to increase the penalties for this type of hoax. Right. I just don't know how difficult it must obviously be be difficult in a lot of cases to figure out where they're coming from essentially. Although you you're a little surprised it's kind of surprising that that's the case yeah. with technology right now, you know? Yeah. With, I mean they whole thing, they but. were able to determine that the caller was in the area before police even arrived. Okay. So they had some indication, and but but in this case, they actually located the call. It wasn't one, so right. they located the caller in this case, yes. which isn't usually no, it's not u- usually how the story goes. It's usually an internet-based phone call that yep. that spoofs a number. And, yep, yep. All right. Well, it'll be. I'm I'm gonna follow that and see what ends up happening. What the consequences for something like that mm-hmm. is. Number two. Well, we've talked about whether uh, the medical cannabis uh, could pass in Nebraska, you know, thinking it might be, could go either way. Well, a poll out says, no, it's not going to be either way because 70% respondents are ready to legalize medical marijuana, according to this poll, from the Neyland Strategy Group. Whew. And there was also a previous poll that they talked about, it was twenty in 2022, that said, 80% of registers uh, voted. But that was Nebraskans for medical marijuana talking about their own polling. So I always take that with a little bit of a, yeah. a grain of salt. That said, yeah. that said, Mark, I mean, every, the people that I've talked to who seem to know that aren't necessarily taking a position on this, but have, have I've had many people say, if that thing gets to the ballot, it's going to pass. Oh, they, they've said that before. They said it'll probably pass. It'll probably pass really overwhelmingly at the ballot. Which, uh, I mean, and, and it's been years that I've heard, had people saying this. This seems to back that up if if this polling is, is accurate. And it, again, it just makes me wonder, like, at some point, why does the legislature not just say, you know what? Let's control the situation. We, we, let's and get, get our hands on this in some way. We, we're not going to end up. We might. They might have won couple of battles on this whole thing by petitions gone awry for various reasons but at some point they're going to lose this battle at the legislature why don't you take some time actually and and craft something and in advance and not go through the process and the cost and everything that goes along with having Nebraskans for medical marijuana have have really been put through the ringer on this with all their uh, initiative efforts and uh, and the uh, one of their primary Funders was killed in a plane accident. And, you know, they've right. just been through all kinds now, of challenges. I will again point out that, according to the examiner, um, that some of the polling on this has been done by, you know how it is with polls, right? People sure. will put out polls that are successful, that are good for them, right? And there's, you know, some of that happening here, most likely too. That said, I still get the very strong feeling that the vote that this is probably how this is going to go in a statewide vote. If I'm yeah. wrong, I'll say it. Right? Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, this could prob- this might be the uh, a solution, not the only, but this could help property tax relate. They do the the taxing maybe. process correctly. Maybe that that could be interesting. Now, 
On, on that same poll, did you see this, though? 54% of people supported the epic tax on this. Speaking of ballot That's initiatives. Right. Now, it's not 80% or 70%, but 54%. I think the, there's a, a, a lot more people are up to date on the information or surrounding medical marijuana probably. Than, than the Epic Tax. That's that's prob- probably. Polls conducted by Data Targeting of Gainesville, Florida, polled 2,198 likely general election voters on February 7th through 9th. Cell phone and landline calls were used as well as taxes. We wouldn't have to worry about the Epic Tax. We just had the fair tax. There you go. Number one. Well, we could have some. You gonna you guys gonna lead the march uh, like you did a couple of few years ago? If there's marches in, I don't. I, uh, I wouldn't okay. say First we, all, led, those we led, led any of those marches. <laughs> we were there as observers. These are going to be very different marches coming up around Woods Park in the next yeah. few days. Uh, protest yeah, marches. Pro- protest marches about tennis courts. About tennis courts. There's there's been. There's often there's been a long time debates about what happens with the the land at Woods Park should be happening. There's a nonprofit Friends of Woods Tennis uh, who wants to expand the tennis carts courts there. They say we've got so much demand from kids, we can't fulfill everything that they've got for people who want to play tennis here. Then you've got other groups. The Woods Park Keep It Green says, "Hey, we don't want this thing. We want the green space in the park. We're not against tennis." But we want to be able to have green space, and we don't have much of it in this part of town. So they're going to be marching tomorrow in the afternoon and Saturday in the midday as well, starting on the base field and go, baseball field and going to 33rd. No, they've also got an online petition. City's going to be hearing, holding three public meetings at the Wood Park Place building March two, March 2nd at 11 a.m., March 4th at 5.30 p.m., and March 5th at 11.30 a.m. I don't so. think it's the green spaces as much as it is the noise that tennis has. You think so? Yeah, it's got to be the noise. I mean, well, cause, so, like, we every, built- every Every tennis player is constantly raising a racket. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to talk about, like, Monica Sellis when she played. She always went, every time she hit the ball, we use this uh, park, no, by the way, and, and so yeah, like, what do you like, think? Like, where do you come out on this? You marching? No, I'm not. Just be just because when you talk about green space around that entire woods park, what I do think is they can improve some of the space that that they have there, add some more trees. But the space that they're looking to add the tennis courts to, there's so much other green space around Woods Park. The tennis community, in, in my opinion, the tennis community is getting it from a lot of sides right now. They're getting it from the people at Woods Park going to green, and then you got the tennis pickleball tension that is going on in this community too. There's a dark underbelly there that you may not know about, but it yeah, is I going mean, on. If they if they want to throw me a little bit of a bone, give me a pickleball court here with it, and I will oh. I I will oh. anti march. Oh my gosh, the tennis people would freak out if that suggestion were get, brought get up. Get me a little pickleball next so to your Woods Park tennis. Two sides are not in lockstep right now. Let's come together against green space, tennis people. Come on. 757, that's it for your morning drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
All right, welcome back. 809, 28 degrees in the capital city. That's February 20th, 2024. If you missed it, the Munch Madness bracket has been released verbally via audio. Uh, we are uh, 50 minutes away from uh, having it up for you at KLIN.com, and you can take a look at it. Caleb and I have both filled ours out based on predictions. Did Next. we both pick first-time winners? Yes. Well, I, I mean, I know I did over yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, we did. So... Uh, we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll share those with you here a little bit later this week what we picked, but the uh, bracket will be completely up for you to print off, put up on the fridge, post on your uh, office bulletin board, uh, and start checking off places that you want to try out uh, over the next few weeks. Voting starts a week from tomorrow. It's all brought to you by University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. All right, um, elections are going to be all over the news, obviously, in the course over the course of. Um, the next few months, the real, I mean, rest of the year, like buckle in, right? That's that's uh, that's going to be the story in a lot of ways. But there's a lot of changes that are kind of afoot when it comes to how elections are handled locally right now. And since we're kind of right at the beginning of some of those being relevant, we thought it would be a good time to talk to Lancaster County Election Commissioner Todd Wilchin, who joins us in studio today. Todd, first of all, welcome in for the first time. How are you doing today? Excellent. Doing really well. Thanks. Nice to nice to talk to you. We've had Dave in time and time and time time again always for the elections and uh, glad to to get a chance to uh, to talk to you. Um I guess let's let's just start first things first. What, there, there are probably people who have gotten used to the routine of however they vote, whether it's in person, whether it's by mail, whether it's early, whatever it is. What is different right now than what they might be used to? Right. The, the biggest change right now, um, you know, we are in the middle of uh, early voting mm-hmm. as far as being able to request um, an early vote ballot. Um, those will be mailed out on April 8th. Right now, we're accepting the applications for early voting. Everyone has to request in writing that an early vote ballot be mailed to them. Um, the biggest change, both early voting and in-person voting on Election Day, is voter ID. Um, that's the biggest change um, that people are not probably not used to when they show up on a polling um, place on a Election Tuesday or by mail. How are they going to prove their identity yes and so that's a big question right um the good thing is for the vast majority of of nebraskans and even residents in lancaster county like 97 percent of voters have an id either a state id or a driver's license it's about the other three percent which is about five thousand that's going to be a challenge um to be able to get them the um the information that they need to vote okay. um and so but uh for early voting um, we mailed out our yellow postcards last week. Okay. Pretty much everybody in the county should be getting those. Now, those are postcards that we mail to people who have contacted our office over the years and said, hey, I want to get an application before every election. So we have a list of early absentee requests. So we mail out 60,000 postcards last Monday. Um, they're yellow, and they should have hit mailboxes all last week. Um, and so on that application... There is now a line where you will be able to put in your state ID or your driver's license number. So, I mean, that's the biggest change. Okay. Uh, a lot of questions about that. That's where early voters will prove their identity. So that's on the application, is, not the ballot itself. Correct. Am I okay. That is on the application. So you will, ver- you will fulfill the ID requirement if you vote early by putting your driver's license or your state ID number 
on the application. Right. You don't send it in. You don't send a photocopy in. Not if you have a driver's license or a state ID. Now, if you don't have one of those, if you have, let's say, a, a student ID, um, let's say you're a college student mm-hmm. for, at a Nebraska university or college, you will have to submit a copy of that. Okay. Um, if you are a government employee, if you are a federal, state, or local government employee and you don't have a driver's license, you will need to send a copy of your ID in with your application. Okay. Uh, passport, anything issued by the U.S. government, uh, uh, federally recognized tribal ID, a passport, uh, veterans or military ID, those are all valid, but we do need a copy so, of those. No copy if it's driver's license or state ID because you can do the number. Right. If you have to rely on another ID, right. then you're going to need a copy right. of it. And that's because Motor Voter passed many years ago kind of combined uh, the DMV and elections. So. Mm-hmm. When you apply to vote, you give your your uh, driver's license number. Okay, and so that's why the the system works that way. Okay, all right. Um, okay, now back to those postcards yeah. real quickly because people are, are going to maybe going to be like if they're like my house, I got a pile of mail. Right, right. That that's going there. But that just to to repeat and make sure I understand everybody understands that would get you an application sent to you re- not just. Not just this time, but regularly? Is that what well, I was understanding? So or? if you're on the permanent absentee list, we will always mail you the postcard. Okay. But for every election, you have to submit a request for an early vote so ballot. that would be that post. That would be, be the, the postcard, postcard for, this, for this election. To the, get the, the yellow postcard is for this primary. Got you're going to have to do it again in the fall. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. So by law, you cannot request a ballot more than 120 days prior to an election. Got it, got it. And that, it confuses Lincoln residents because we have two elections back-to-back in the odd year. Yeah. And so you can apply one time for both. The city elections, yeah, right? For yeah, for city elections, you can apply one time for both ballots. But in the statewides, you'll have to submit two applications. In general. Okay, Primary so, in May and general again, in November. So, Yep. Postcard comes, send it back, yep. you get an application, you get the application then? The postcard is the application. The postcard is the application. Right, right. Thank yep. you. And that's where you would include the driver's Correct. license number? Okay. Yep. So the postcard is is the application. Yep. That will only cover you, though, if you send it back, as you were saying, for the primary. Correct. We're talking about primarily the primary, no right. pun intended, uh, but we're talking about the primary yep. right now and then... Before November, uh, several months before November, yep. or a couple months before November, you'll get another one. Correct. Correct? Yep. yep. Okay. And then what – so the voter ID part we covered on if you're voting early. What about um, the time frame and then, like, where where and how you can get those, make sure they go to the place that they need to be? Right. So the applications have been mailed out. And we also have applications on our website. And if you can download those, print those off. That's a good question. If you yeah. lost the card, yeah. is there or, an option? Or you can also call our office, and we will mail you another card. Um, if you didn't okay. get the green, if you didn't get the yellow card, or maybe it came damaged, or you didn't, you were on the list, but you do want to vote early, um, you don't have a printer at home. Just call our office, and then we will actually just mail you a postcard that you can fill out and return, okay. and with no questions asked. Okay. Um, that, that's that simple. Okay. Um, and so, uh, but that the process of requesting an early vote ballot that will continue through May third of this year. Okay. We will continue to do that, but it kind of overlaps. Right now, um, we will start mailing out the ballots. On April 8th, Monday, April 8th, is by law the first date. So there's kind of a gap here. 
you know, the month of March, people mm-hmm. will be calling saying, where's my ballot? Right. Well, it doesn't come till April. It doesn't come. T- we cannot mail it till Monday, April 8th. Because the primary date is what? May? It's Tuesday, May 15th. May 15th. Yeah. All right. So it's kind of it's out it's there, just... but it's, it'll, be, be, it'll be here before we know it. The primary is confusing, too, because you got all these states that have primaries right. all over the place yeah. all the time. So. Um, yeah. And so our primary in May is one of the later primaries, yep. mm-hmm. but also ours are combined. You know, we have both the presidential yes. and the congressional combined. A lot of states have a presidential that's very early, and then they have a congressional right. one that's very late. Right. And Nebraska's fortunate. We just right. have one day or, kind of in the middle. Or if they're like Nevada, they have a caucus and yeah. a primary. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah. of the stuff I, I some of the stuff these places do do for primaries is very confusing. Yes, so yes. I think we're we're less so that way. But that will come April you yep. get it. So if you get the mail in April, fill it out. Then at that point, you don't need to additionally add driver's license nope. anymore. Idea at that point. No, that process will not change. You'll okay. get your ballot in the mail. You will fill out your ballot. Um, then when you put your envelope or your ballot back in the envelope, you will attest. You'll sign the attestation that you know this mm-hmm. is who you are, and then you sign it and you return it, just like you always have. Okay. That process has not changed. That's the same. Um, I will say the only real difference in returning either the application or your ballot. You know, we do have four additional drop boxes that we um, have installed. They're in four uh, convenient locations um, in four libraries in the four corners of the city. You know, we have them at Walt, Anderson, Isley, and Gear. Mm-hmm. And so um, if voters out there want to return those applications and in April, early May, if they want to return their ballots, those are secure drop boxes that uh, we put in um, okay. earlier this year. And can you still bring it to the office direct, oh, directly? Because that's yep. how I've done yeah. it in the yeah. past. And we do have a lot of people. There's a Dropbox, I think, there at the yeah, building, we, right? we have a Dropbox out in front of our office, but also we have in our office, we have a ballot box. Um, that if people want to bring it into the office, okay. they can drop it in the ballot box. And is, is the there office. a different deadline for that than actual election day? No. Or can you can go all no. the way up no. the same way until the drop it off. We, we will need ballots in by close of, well by 8 p.m., which is close the business close on election day. Close the so, polls, same yeah, thing, close right? Close the polls, okay. Uh, in person and so early voting. April is. until the polls close, essentially right. when, yep. when they come. Let's go to in person voting. Yeah. Um, what's different this year with the yeah in-person again voting? the voter ID? Um, normally, when people go in and they are greeted by uh, the election board, they will be asked for their name and address. That's yes. how they identify them. In addition to that, now they'll ask you for your ID. Okay. Um, and so. Um, Hope, like I said, 97% of uh, Lincoln, Lancaster rat residents have a driver's license. So all they'll need to do is show their, show their driver's license. And a, an important note, we get a lot of questions about this. The driver's licenses um, can be expired. We have a lot of oh. seniors in Lincoln that don't drive anymore. And so that's a frequent question we're getting is, hey, you know, I'm 90 years old. I haven't driven in a while. I have my old driver's license, but can I still use it? The answer is yes. Okay. Yes. So expired driver's licenses or state IDs are valid. Okay. All for, right. For elections. And then, and then the question for that small percentage, right. but there will be some who don't have either of those. What can you bring in person yeah. that's to, that would suffice as a replacement? Yeah. And so there's a website. Um, it's uh, that people can go to. It's voterid.nebraska.gov, and it will list. It's a comprehensive list of all the IDs. Like I mentioned earlier, um, any any ID issued by a government agency, whether it be federal, state, or local, uh, uh, will be valid. Um, universities, colleges in Nebraska, those are valid. 
um, high school, public high school IDs are valid. Um, if you live in a resident, um, a nursing home, assisted care facility, if you have an, a, 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 a record with your photo and your name on it, oh wow, okay, that will work as well. Um, we're working with a lot of those facilities to help those residents who don't have an ID, okay, um, being able to get them the necessary um, information to where they can request. And if people vote. don't have, you know, a driver's license or state ID, right. they can get a state ID, yeah, right? It, still, in, if they in, would like in to Nebraska, do that? yes, they can um, for free. They can get. The, both their supporting document, their birth certificate, um, for free, uh, but only if you're born in Nebraska. Also, you can get your uh, ID from the state DMV for free. Um, yeah, and again, that's depending on whether or not you have a Nebraska-issued ID, or you have one or a birth certificate, or you have one from out of state. Okay. Um, the big problem there's the third you know issue is there there will be a a few people out there who have a reasonable impediment to obtaining a photo ID, either a religious ob objection. There are um, religious uh, uh, religions out there that don't believe in being photographed. Mm -hmm. So that's a reasonable impediment. Uh, then also there's some people out there who have an injury or an illness that won't let them get to the DMV mm -hmm. to get a photo ID. Right. right. But then there's also um, people who moved in from out of state um, and in order to get their birth certificate from another state, it could be a hundred bucks. Yeah. And so for those situations, there's what's called a reasonable impediment certificate. Um, they can again acquire those from the website or from our office. And that is just another f way that people can fulfill the requirements, um, Nebraska voter ID. So it sounds like if you're looking for documents, go to the website. Yep. If, the, if you didn't, can't find the documents, didn't get the postcard, whatever, yep. go to the website and you'll probably find. Yeah. And I would uh, just say that. If anybody out there has any concerns or questions about their how they're going to fulfill that requirement, don't wait until Election Day. Mm -hmm. Call our office. Phone number is 402-441-7311. Call our office. One of our staff will be able to guide you through um, the process in which you'll need to um, go through to get your ID or whatever other um, proof you have that you're a... Who, they are who you say you are right. on, the, on the voter registration. Let me ask you this: is the is the process of showing ID in person is it going to make it a significantly like longer or different process at um, all? I, I think initially the first few times it probably will. You know, I would just advise voters to be patient. Um, the election board, you know, it's a new process for them, um, and so I, there will be people that show up and say, oh, I left my ID at home. Mm -hmm. Hey, but I, you know, you're my neighbor, you know, you're, you're a clerk or a judge. You know who I am. I mean, everybody that votes, even if I go to vote in the polls, will have to show an ID. Yeah. So there will be some initial, I think, upfront growing pains. Right. But I think after, after one or two elections, it will be like, you know, just like old times. People will yep. realize it'll be normal. Do. Yeah. yeah, but like the first This time, is the tough one. It will be the tough one, but thankfully this is the primary. Um, you know, the turnout's yeah. typically a lot lower. Um, we're not starting this in a general election, but I would just say there may be a slight wait wait time when you're voting, especially if somebody shows up and doesn't have their driver's license, and oh yeah, they also want to vote provisionally. Right. Then it's like, yeah. well, here's you know yes. a, a lengthy process that you'll have to go through. All right. And then there's people behind them that want to vote, so.
Just be patient. So th- there you go. Uh, that website was uh, voterid.nebraska.gov. Yeah, I'm on the website now. A yeah. lot, of, lot of information there and a lot of links to uh, any of the documents or other things that you would need as well. Hey, Todd, thanks so much. Awesome. Important information. We yeah. appreciate you getting out. You let us know if we can do anything else to uh, get the word it, out. All right. Much. Yeah. I got Todd Wilchin, Lancaster County Election Commissioner, with that primary coming up not too long from right now. All right, it's 825 right now, 28 degrees in the capital city. Take a break. Caleb's got to check his sports coming up next on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back on your Tuesday morning. 31 degrees in the capital city. Aren't we supposed to be up to about 70 today? we got to get moving if we're going to really do that. we got to like double it and then some still. That's what they're saying, though. It's close to 70 for the uh, next couple of days, so enjoy it. Uh, it should be uh, should be bumping up here pretty soon. Um, exciting day, big day uh, for helping out uh, some of the issues going on with early childhood here in the capital city. Uh, Lincoln Littles is doing their giving campaign again, and this is uh, an especially big day for that, which we're going to tell you about here in just a second, because joining us is Ann Brandt, who is the executive director with Lincoln Littles, uh, to tell us about what's going on. Ann, good morning. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Before we get into what's happening today, for those who don't know, and what's happening over the course of, of a number of days here let's start with lincoln littles and just uh inform people who don't know exactly what you guys do with lincoln littles exactly right so lincoln littles has been around since 2020 and our goal is for all children in lincoln to have access to early care and education quality early care and education Mm -hmm. and so um we we our areas that we work on are uh affordability quality Community engagement, trying to build public will, and also ultimately policy change. Sure. And why, obviously, in theory, sure, that sounds like a good thing, but there are long, I'm sure there are big impacts all over the place that people might not even thinking about, be thinking about when communities make sure that their young children get these the opportunities. Right. So 90% of brain development happens by the time a child enters kindergarten, and so it's really a critical time, and we want... It's an equity issue. We want all children to have that access. I, my background is Lincoln Public Schools, and so mm-hmm. I taught kindergarten, among other things, and right. definitely saw the way that children, you know, public schools educate everyone, but children definitely arrive um, with different experiences, and we just want to make sure that all children have that boost in their early years. And those those early years are so important. And and there's just impediments, right, for the, for for. for <clears throat> some kids to be able to have that opportunity exactly it's just very expensive it's often um as as expensive as college but yet people don't have um the time you know you're not thinking when you're 15 geez i'm going to start saving right for child care for some 10 years from now when i have children and so um usually people are at the maybe at the bottom of their earning power when they're having children and it is truly as expensive or more expensive than in-state college tuition Yeah, I was just going to say, I guarantee there are people listening, you know, who are, would not, you know, consider themselves financially unstable necessarily, but they've got young kids and they are, they understand the costs that go along right. and the need to budget that and just how difficult it it's it's got to be even for them. So. Right. And I think just to think about the fact that we have public school systems for children five to 18. But what about most parents work? Right. So what about zero to five? And we it's all private pay. Right. So there is no public 
perpetual right. funding like we fund public. So schools. how does Lincoln Littles, I mean, you, you kind of talked about generally sort of the areas that, that you work into to improve this situation, but what does that look like more specifically then? And especially with the, the money that you would raise through through an activity right. like today. So right now, um, for the since its inception, um, we've been doing tuition assistance for mm-hmm. GAP families. So families who make too much money to qualify for state subsidy, but not enough money to be able to afford those high costs. Uh, we provide tuition assistance we uh, through the dollars raised from our generous community um, and we work with currently with 37 different child care providers uh, where we grant funding to them and then they work with the families um, okay. to help defray costs of care for and, those who qualify and you're still a relatively young organization we are how's <laughs> how's it going how's the progress been going what have well, you seen over four years yeah under Sam? We, i mean we have raised over in in partnership with the lincoln community foundation right. over four million dollars um and actually this started um with the prosper lincoln work yes that's right i remember talking to a lot help, about that mm-hmm. um enhance you know opportunities for more people in lincoln to prosper and so early childhood was absolutely um one of those key areas to focus upon because if we give people a strong start then it's going to have ripple effects with graduation rates you know right. successful workforce right. less incarceration it's an inv- i mean it's, it's a huge it's investment inv- it is, it is a, investment. that that definitely will pay off it is yeah. an investment and so um yeah so we we Tuition assistance is one of the things that we do. We've raised over $4 million. Um, we also do emergency assistance. So if, say, you're somebody that um, your your family, there's a health issue in your family, you don't necessarily need ongoing tuition assistance. Oh, okay. That's a one-time that's a, type situation. One-time situation. Yeah. And then we also uh, offer quality enhancement funding for for child care mm-hmm. um, providers. We don't want children just going anywhere. We want them to go where there's quality and it it costs money to yeah. increase quality. So we want to make sure that providers have what they need to be able to do that. Okay, so with that kind of foundation laid about what Lincoln Littles is, and we're talking to Ann Brandt from Lincoln Littles, let's talk about what's going on right now, which is one of the, the major sort of fundraising pushes that you've got during the year. Tell us about what's going on now. With right, the so the whole month of February is when we raise funds um, to be able to do our programming. Um, and then today is a, a special day because we're actually, Lincoln Community Foundation is actually matching uh, gifts to the campaign today, dollar for dollar. Wow. Um, and we're trying to raise $20,000 today. Okay. But you, you can give the rest of the month, even have an extra day this, this month right. on February 29th. So the campaign is not over today, but today is but the But if you're day thinking about doing it, uh, do it today. Right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Do it Absolutely. today because it goes twice as far as it right, would exactly. any any of the other days. Um, tell us about how this is working uh, through the Lincoln Community Foundation, how the, the donations are are, uh, are kind of working and how people can do it if they're interested in doing that. Right. Exactly. So you can go to our website, Lincoln Littles, www.lincolnlittles.org. Um, and there is a donate button, so you can easily go there. But if you would rather mail your donations, you can also mail those to Lincoln Community Foundation, which is 215 Centennial Mall South, Suite 100. Checks must be written to Lincoln Community Foundation with Lincoln Littles in the memo line. Okay. And it's and it's Lincoln Community Foundation that's doing the match, actually, itself? Yes. Great. Yep. Great. Great to be able to work with them. Yeah. Right? Yes. With there all are, the yes. fundraising. I mean, we've obviously done Give to Lincoln Day. We've done so many different Absolutely. things with them. So yes. uh, it's another really good thing that they're doing here. Yes. Yeah.
Very good. Uh, $20,000. So let's get that, that happening today. Uh, the website is, uh, again, lincolnlittles.org. Is that right? Lincolnlittles.org to check that out. And if you go there, I'm on the, I'm on the website right now and, uh, you can find links there to be able to make that donate button and it can go twice as far today. So, so very good. Um, best of luck. Uh, like I said, I know, I know it's a little bit of, uh, it's a little bit of a, 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 fledgling situation here in the you know an organization uh but looking forward to hearing down the road how we see the change how we see the progress and and i assume maybe you're starting to see some of it already Uh, we do and we honestly get phone calls from parents you know weekly telling us about how this has made a difference in their families uh what i also like to say is just that Every, this is an everyone issue. So yeah. whether you have children, whether you don't have children, whether you're like me and your children are grown, yeah. um, or the extent to which all children in Lincoln have access to quality early childhood experiences really affects the rest of the community yeah. and the health and of our community. Yeah, exactly so. what you said, ripple effect. Yeah. Year, years in advance <laughs> uh, with, with the impact and, and things that are important to people here. Uh, well, Anne, thanks so much for, for coming in. And again, if uh, this is something that you are inclined to do after hearing us talk about it, if it was something that you are thinking about doing, Today's definitely the day to do it because of that match with the Lincoln Community Foundation. So check out lincolnlittles.org and donate there today. Hey, Ann, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time with this and uh, keep us updated, all right? Yes, I will. And thank you for having me. There you go. That's Ann Brandt with Lincoln Littles. All right. It is 846, 31 degrees in the capital city. We will take a break. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk 1400, 99.3 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we got a little time left over. We can talk that much madness bracket. Um, let me go, let me just go through it again real quick for uh, people who missed it at 710 when we did it. Uh, this will be on the website here in about 10 minutes. So go to KLIN.com or go to our social media channels if you want to print out your own copy uh if you hadn't heard we have uh changed the way that we regioned the restaurants we are no longer going geographic we instead seated them one through 64 all the way bottom to top and essentially doing kind of a serpentine thing where it's one verse 64 two mm-hmm. verse 63 all the way through and we seated them um you know kind of the same way we have in the past we have had we've got more data though to seed them on based on how they've done in previous years caleb's kept and you can actually check that out at klin.com if you want to see how your favorite restaurant has done over the years so seeded them based on perceived strength which is based on how they've done in the bracket in the past and then kind of factors like longevity name recognition um even previous brackets that i know of right just perhaps being aware having lived here, being aware of how kind of front and center some of these places are. It's not a judgment on who's better than the other. It's just kind of, hey, if you had to pick who would win this in a popularity vote, based on the knowledge we have, this is who we would pick. Mm-hmm. So that's how we did it, and we seeded them. I know we always have people who are asking about the seating. So uh, four, four regions. Uh, the regions are named after spices. Since we talk about food, you have the Cayenne region, the Oregano region, the Basil region, and the Paprika Region in the uh, Cayenne region, uh, you have the one sixteen Muchachos versus the sixteen seed Ybor, eight Mister Huiz versus nine Daffodil, five Bonwich Cafe versus twelve Canyon Joes, four Misties versus thirteen Mitiera, six Yayas versus eleven Soulful Casina, 
Three, Green Gateau versus 14, Perfect Diner. Seven, Cook's Cafe versus 10, Cheesesteak Grill. Two, Honest Dave's versus 15, Tanks, Bar and Pizzeria. Uh, and then on the basil bracket, this is the bottom left part, one, Penelope's versus 16, Aragon. Eight, Sultan's Kite versus nine, Super Taco. Five, Lead Belly versus 12, Da Vinci's. Four, The Oven versus 13, Tipsy Tina's. Six, Mary Ellen's versus 11, Vic's Pizza. Three, Paisano's versus 14, White or Wheat. Seven chopsticks versus ten blue orchid. Two Helia versus fifteen Pancho Villa. Then the top right, the oregano uh, bracket, the oregano region. One Norms versus sixteen Anis Papusas. Eight Highway Diner versus nine Ticos. Five Fat Jacks versus twelve the End Zone. Four Engine House versus thirteen Me Mexico Lindo. Six Virginias versus eleven A Taste of Louisiana. Three La Paz versus fourteen Pita and Non. Seven the Press Box versus ten Big Red Restaurant. Two Tinas versus 15 Traditions Pub in Sprague. Uh, then on the Paprika region, one Laszlo's versus 16 Vernonelli's. Eight El Toro versus nine Stoffers. Five Hacienda Real versus 12 Porks Done. Four Venue versus 13 Mulberry Barbecue. Six uh, Ramos Busters versus 11 Lila Mays. Three HF Crave versus 14 Els Kitchen. Seven The Eatery versus 10 Berea Boss. And two Isles Pub and Pizza versus 15 Delco. Dave's, that is your racket. First off, Caleb, first round matchups that are fascinating to me, and I'll be curious if what what you've got in here. Uh, uh, first one I'm going to say is in the Cayenne region, the five twelve Bonwich Cafe versus Canyon Joe's. Bonwich Cafe versus Canyon Joe's. Bonwich Cafe had a run in our world tour, our world foods version of Munch Madness, all the way to the championship. They've made the field consistently. They haven't quite made the runs since we've gone to the field of 64 but they're they've been a force in the past canyon joe's is a popular place in lincoln right now it's got that new shine of popularity Mm -hmm. right now having opened up a brick and mortar place and become a popular spot lines out the door over there in the telegraph district that one to me is a very interesting first round matchup well that one's interesting just like another one in that same exact region mr huiz and daffodil and the reason for those two matchups in particular right away all four of those establishments are looking for their first Munch Madness win in the common or in the current era. Okay, so so you've got you're going to someone is guaranteed to get their first win. Okay, uh, one that I think is really interesting in the basil, the bottom left part of the bracket, uh, basil, the b- basil. Sorry, basil, basil. Uh, I think the oven versus Tipsy Tina's. I wonder what Tipsy Tina's does here. Maybe a little bit of a potential run in here. And the mm-hmm. oven, the oven arguably, now they're a four seed, arguably maybe should be performing a little better in this they bracket. They should be. They should be. I, I think I'm not, I don't think I'm saying anything wrong by saying that. I think they, they have underperformed a bit in the Munch Madness bracket. So could that be an upset alert for a four seed, a top four seed? The oven, that's the one that stands out to me. Top right. A couple that stick out to me in the top right, which is Oregano. Highway Diner versus Tico's, just because that's old school versus old school. Yeah, right off the bat there. Old school versus old school. That one's fascinating. Then the 314 in that same region, La Paz versus Pita and Non. Mm-hmm. Pita and Non was the white hot nomination restaurant this year on Selection Friday. La Paz has always been solid in this bracket. Never quite made it to the final fork. But they've always looked like they had maybe a path to get there, and they've got they've stacked up wins over the years. I know in this bracket, yeah, La Paz has gotten at least one win every every, every year. single year. Yeah. So 
does that change? Pita and Non sometimes carrying over the momentum from Selection Friday to the first vote doesn't happen. We've seen that before. Yeah. So will that ha- will that be the case with Pita and Non? And then one more staying in that just because the matchup is interesting. Press Box versus Big Red Restaurant. Mm-hmm. That's a seven ten. That's the sports bar battle royale. Right, it just happened to work out that way. That wasn't something that we set up personally. It's always and, fun when they when they work out that way, though. Yes, and then in the paprika uh, region, trying to find which of these is most interesting to me here on this one. Um, let's see. I'm interested in Hacienda Real and Porks Done. Yeah, because Porks Done was brand new last year, didn't get out of the first round. Um, but you look at the past performance for Hacienda Real, they haven't made a, a savory 16 yet. So there, there's, there's the potential for someone like a Porks Done, even though they're the 12, to go get their first win. That El Toro Stoffers one is an interesting one just because it's a hard call for mm-hmm. me on who I think is going to win that, win that one actual matchup. So I don't know. Those are any I missed that you think or should be mentioned just in terms of first round. Matchups, Caleb. Those are the ones that stuck out to me. I guess one other one that I think I kind of like that's an interesting one is in the back in the basil region, the eight nine Sultan's kite versus Super Taco. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be a that'll be a battle to see who probably will face Penelope's in the second round. That that same region, you you look at you've got the these four with Mary Ellen's against Vicks. Yeah, that's a good one. And then Paisanos against Wider Wheat. There was a again a, a giant selection show push. For wider wheat, but Paisanos has traditionally done pretty well through a couple of rounds in this bracket. All right. Let's go through the regions because we've made our off the cuff predictions through a bracket. Caleb and I have both filled out a bracket. These are not our personal choices, these are predicting how the vote will go after having watched it for several years. Uh, Caleb, let's start with the Cayenne region. Uh, this is where the uh, one, two, three, and four, uh, just the top of the line on this, are Muchachos, Honest Abe's, Green Gateau, and Misty's. Mm-hmm. Who do you have in the regional final, and who do you have winning that? I have uh, Muchachos against Honest Abe's, and Muchachos going back to a final four. You have them going back. I have the same matchup, Muchachos versus Abe's, one versus two chalk. I have Honest Abe's finally getting over the hump. And knocking out Muchachos this year and making it to the final fork. We'll All see. Right. As I've said before, Abe's and the Isles and a few others this is a deal where if the restaurants wanted to get involved, they could push themselves very far in this thing. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if they do it. All right. Now into the Basil region. Your top four there. Penelope's, Haleya, uh, The Oven, and Paisano's. Are you going? Are you going chalk with this one? I do have chalk here. I've got Penelope's over Haleya. All right, Penelope's over Haleya. I have the same thing there. So you and I both have. We really trust our seedings. I actually have Haleya over Penelope's, though. I have it reversed. Oh, okay. I uh, but I have the one two. No big shock. No big shock there. We're not. We're being kind of cowardly in how. So we're, you've got a pair of twos into the final four. So I've right got now. a pair of twos. You've got a pair of ones. Okay. This is definitely not how it's going to go, but we'll see. This is phenomenal. All right. Uh, up on the top right, the oregano region. Who are your uh, final? By the way, the one, two, three, four, and that is Norms, Tina's Cafe, La Paz, and Engine House. Who do you have with the final two? I still have it as a one versus two, but this time I've got Tina's over Norms to put a uh, two seed into the final fork. 
I also have Tina's the two seed, but I have them taking. Here's my first big upset. I have Fat Jack's Barbecue coming through as a five seed Ooh. into the regional final. I've got Tina's winning it, though. And so a third two seed in the final fork for me. Last one in the paprika. The one, two, three, and four here are Laszlo's, Isles Pub Pizza, HF Crave, and Venue. Do you have a one-two there? Again, a one-two. Laszlo's Isles. But I've got Isles into the final fork I, as the two. I've got the exact same. I got Laszlo's. <laughs> I just realized I got all four two seeds in my final fork. Look at you. I've got two ones and two twos. What's your championship? Uh, I have got Abe's versus Tina's, and I have got Tina's Cafe with a giant cinnamon roll taking down the banner this year. I've got the little cafe that could get it done. Penelope's over Isles in the championship. Usually... These are wildly incorrect. Except for mine. Wildly I incorrect. do very good at this. Actually, Maria is the one that really usually does good at these. Yeah, she so does. She does. We'll see what her bracket <laughs> is. Uh, all right, we'll have some fun talking about this. Voting starts a week, two weeks from Wednesday, so you got time to try all these places out. Go to KLIN.com now to get your copy of the bracket. See you tomorrow at 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln.